Are you a freelancer? Do you work in what is being called the gig economy? If you do, Amy Growth, who is a contributor to Quartz, is with us this morning to talk about this and what you may be doing wrong or right and how this may actually be hurting or helping the workplace. Amy Growth, welcome back to the opening bell. How are you? Good morning. So, you know, the gig, I was, until recently for a couple of years, I was in the gig economy. I was a freelancer and there really, it really is sort of a minefield. Give us a tease of what it is that this gig economy is and why we should take notice. Sure. Well, it's, it's just a huge sector of the economy. Um, it's interesting you mentioned, you know, the jobs report is coming out today. Um, but one big question that economists have is, is how large is this um, sector and, and, um, and how should we be treating this uh, group of 1099 workers? There's questions about whether or not they're even counted in that, the numbers, and, and, you know, employers treat freelancers sort of like contractors. So I think some employers don't even count freelancers when they do job roles, right? Exactly. Do you uh, have, like, a piece of advice or one thing that we're doing wrong in this area? Basically, I think that freelancers should basically consider the networks that they're entering um, as kind of the most important piece whenever they're considering a new contract or a new gig. I'm interested in your take on building these lifelong relationships with companies as a freelancer. How important to survival is that to a freelancer? Well, that's crucial. You know, we are moving into a freelance nation. By 2020, I think 40% of Americans are going to be freelancers. And that means that people are going to just be moving from project to project, gig to gig. And the way that you're going to get those gigs is through your relationships with people. Um, So it's just really important to be establishing lifelong relationships um, today and looking ahead uh, several decades. In your reporting, have you found a good way to do that? I mean, what advice would you give people and and what experiences have you you found that people are successful in this area doing that? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you kind of what um, uh, was the genesis for this piece. Um, I I met this community. It's uh, the Summit Series community. They're based in Eden, Utah. And it's just a group of entrepreneurs and, and a lot of 1099 workers, and they all support one another through, the, you know, these uh, uh, bonds and these relationships. And um, somehow they make it work and kind of are able to kind of um, really scale up in their careers just by um, maintaining uh, these really valuable uh, relationships. There is a sense uh, among some that watch this uh, field, this sector, if you will, that uh, freelancers are taken advantage of to a certain extent. Do, do you find that? And is there does there need to be some sort of protections put in place for the freelance nation? Yeah, absolutely. That's a huge um, conversation right now. Um, there is no infrastructure that really helps uh, this you know group of 1099 workers. And um, what I would say is because that, that does not yet exist, what we need to do is just focus on joining all the right networks so that, I mean, the, then the network itself is, is your protection, you know, on some level. This is, you know, one of the areas that this is really obvious is in journalism. I recall recently you know, a reporter being killed overseas that was a freelancer and, you know, initially wasn't treated as well as an employee would have been, you know, covered by insurance, that sort of thing. So this goes really deeper than just getting paid. It's it's sort of your your yeah. well-being as well, right? That is so true. Yeah. Um, and there are things that, I mean, that some people are coming up with, um, like, portable benefits. And, um, you know, there, there are more, like, uh, financial uh, tech software uh, uh There's more, you know, there are more options out there for freelancers, but it's not yet... Um, 
it's not good enough to kind of really um, give these people the protections that they need. And that's a huge problem. You mentioned the 1099. Uh, whenever you say that word, I kind of get a chill up my spine because I know that this year I'm going to have to go through my taxes. And it's never an easy thing when you're when you're a freelancer, right? I mean, that's the other thing that may need to be fixed with this whole mess, right? There's a lot of debate around, you know, you know the U.S. needing a new worker classification, something between 1099 and W-2. But that's will take a long time, and that probably wouldn't even uh, you know, unfold until like 2020. If you don't know what we're talking about, by the way, uh, when you're a freelancer, you have to pay your own taxes and make sure those are paid. Also, your own unemployment insurance and Social Security. It's, it's a daunting task for some. How do people survive doing that, and, and what pitfalls are there? Yeah, how do they? I, I'd love to know. Actually, I'm, looking, I'm thinking uh, more deeply into that. Yeah. Um, I actually am a 1099 worker. I contribute to, to courts and um, and whatnot. Um, so I'm actually looking for better ways to do it. I Earlier this week, I spoke with um, some folks who are um, with uh, some financial technology firms, and, and they provide services that really kind of help with things like taxes and accounting and whatnot. And, and that's those things seem to be really good options. Is this a positive future that we see with this future freelance gig economy, or are the, is it a negative thing? I think it's exciting because I think it means we're moving into a nation where people are taking more ownership of their careers, like you're operating more like an entrepreneur. I think that's the American dream, but you need a, you know protection. So um, I think that I don't think that the government will come up with anything anytime soon, any infrastructure. I think that kind of solutions are going to appear. They're going to come out of startups and, and in the private sector um, and through networks and, and whatnot that are going to really kind of help support the 1099 economy. But I'm actually um, very excited about it. The startups you mentioned, you, you start at the very beginning of your article by talking about the PayPal mafia, who's now become, you know, the Elon Musks of the world, right? And I mentioned them because... So, uh, you know, Reid Hoffman um, of LinkedIn, he he just, you know, made the comment, like, he said, lifelong employment is over, but we should look at lifetime relationships as the ideal. Um, and, and these guys in the PayPal Mafia, I mean, they, you know, they built this uh, company together and, and they've kind of benefited from these tight bonds for a, over a lifetime. And that's how we should all really be looking at work. Amy Groth is a contributor at Quartz.com, QZ.com. You can find her on Twitter at A-I-M-E-E, Groth, Amy Groth. Uh, Thank you for being with us on the opening bell this morning. Thanks so much.